You're listening to the Run For Your Lives podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm Daphne. And I'm Paik. And this is the Run for Your Lives podcast. This episode, we're covering the American-Canadian monster horror film, The Monster, written and directed by Brian Bertino, released November 11th, 2016. You know, I like this because I feel like we've been covering more movies that are in this last decade, and Mm -hmm. it's been real interesting and fun to do that compared to some of the older ones. Definitely. And it's, but this is one that went completely under the radar. Like, you know, this was four years ago. I didn't even know this movie existed until we started this podcast and we were looking up movies we might want to cover at some point. And so it's been kind of sitting on our list just after we looked at it, but I had never heard of it and knew nothing about it until then. Me neither. Not since we did that initial look (laughs) through all the movies that might potentially fit within our podcast world. Yeah. So we did decide that we would check it out, and we are bringing you our opinions and thoughts on lots of things in the film The Monster. Mm-hmm. I wonder how they got that name. How they like <laughs> <laughs> such a generic thing? You think like they'd be like, oh, there's already like a billion movies called The Monster, but not really. Like it's Mm-mm. people kind of think more outside the box, but <laughs> it works. From what I understand, it was originally going to be called There Are Monsters. Mm -hmm. I think it kind of ties into something that Lizzie is saying at the beginning. Yeah, it kind of comes from her, like, monologue. Yeah, Yeah, but then when it was getting ready to be distributed, they changed the title to The Monster. I kind of think There Are Monsters might have been a better title just because it would tie into the movie better. Knowing that Lizzie gave that monologue at the beginning, I just think. Yeah. It might have worked out a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's okay. Works for me. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so let's dive in with some behind the scenes information. Right. There was not a lot. I had to dig to find some of the information. It just wasn't out there readily available. It was filmed in Ottawa, Ontario, in some of the rural areas of Ottawa. Mm-hmm. I can add something that I know is not on your list. Even though you did the digging, just because that fits in right of like where they filmed. You said the rural areas is like the actual like little stretch of road that they're on does Mm -hmm. not exist. No, it doesn't. They built this stretch of road in the middle of the woods just for the film. I know. Now, why did they do that? I wonder. (laughs) It guarantees a closed road set, I guess, if you make the road. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You won't have to worry about any traffic wanting to come through because it doesn't exist as a road. (laughs) No. I guess Mm -hmm. that that makes total sense. Yeah. (laughs) So as we mentioned, Brian Bertino wrote and directed the film, but he was also a producer. He also directed 2008's The Strangers and was involved as a writer for the 2018 sequel, The Strangers Pray at Night. The budget for this film was $3 million, but it had a limited box office release where it only brought in about Mm $74,000. Mm-hmm. Was released on video on demand, though, at the same time. And we never really know how to gauge that. And those numbers, I have just not ever been able to find. Mainly because a lot of streaming services, I know Netflix 100% does it. And I'm sure 
that which it's on Netflix, but I don't now because that's how we watched it. But I don't think it was released originally on Netflix. I think it was like a direct TV thing. And then, you know, like other like Amazon Prime and Vudu and other like on demand services will get these kind of things. But I know streaming services and on demand services don't release their numbers publicly for the most part. Yeah. I don't know why they don't do it necessarily, but I know like Netflix has been very, you know, well known about not releasing their numbers. Yeah. It makes it difficult to be able to really know what kind of penetration a film has when you don't let those numbers out. So I was looking into like Rotten Tomatoes and it seems like the movie did have a lot of critical like applause, basically, Mm -hmm. even though fans may not have even known about it or been very happy with it. The critics seem to like it. So I think that that's pretty good. It clocks in at about 91 minutes, so it's not a long watch. No. And Peg, why don't you give us the synopsis of the monster? All right. A mother and daughter must confront a terrifying monster when they break down on a deserted road. Which I don't know if I would use the word break down more. I mean, they break down because of like a a wreck kind of situation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they kind of hit something. And I think the axle, the front axle breaks. Yes. According to Jesse, who we didn't see very long, but, you know, he seemed to know what he was talking about. So we're going to trust that he did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was hard to tell. Even like the movie's dark, even like, you know, with all the lights off in my apartment and like really trying to focus. It was still hard to tell exactly what had happened because it kind of looked like there's like these like shards like sticking all out the side of the car. Like it had been like impaled (laughs) with stuff. I was like... Is that not the least bit like concerning or weird when you're like inspecting the damage? Like, oh no, we hit the wolf and oh the tire and like what about the entire like just holes in the side of the car? That, <laughs> let's ignore that. Uh- <laughs> yeah, it looked like it had been you know really beaten down. Mm-hmm. To me, it was more than a monster or a horror film. Yeah, there was a lot to do with like this conflicted parent child mother daughter dynamic. Yeah. So I, I want to say probably, and I had this kind of in my notes, and I didn't say anything right off the top, which I kind of wanted to, but then I'll get to it at this point. And I'm sure we will also have said something when posting, you know, that this is coming out and leading up to it. I actually kind of did want to, you know, whatever. It's, <laughs> I, I, I hate that I have to like come ahead of things and be like, I know people are going to complain or like think it's stupid to have a like quote unquote trigger warning. But for people that think, find it necessary, it's very necessary to them. So like. I'm going to be feisty mm-hmm. today. I don't know. So if you have a problem with us posting a trigger warning about something, it's not for you. And Shut up. Because <laughs> <laughs> guess what? This is the Run for Your Lives universe. Yeah. And Peck and I are the captains. <laughs> because, yeah, I think going into this, because it, it was a little hard for me. Like it had, I had to kind of shift my, my thought process going into this because I was not expecting it. So hopefully I can give a little warning to some people that like this movie dives into some like pretty – disturbing and kind of dark you know it is apparent you know the mother daughter kind of thing but it is i mean it lays on the line of like domestic abuse and drug addiction and alcoholism and things like that and it's it can be rough if you're not ready for it so i want to go ahead and you know (laughs) set up that pretense there (laughs) absolutely you know what? I appreciate those warnings sometimes when something's going to happen yeah because i could see that like somebody that 
just things like that would affect on a more personal level going into this movie blind like I did and like you did. Yeah. That might not be something fun to just like stumble upon in a movie that you're expecting to have a good time with. So. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not at all. And about 10 minutes in, I realized that I was in the middle of something that was a lot different than what I was thinking it was going to be. Yeah. I started wondering, is this monster even real is, or is it a metaphor for the relationship that yeah. Lizzie and Kathy have? And to me, it ended up being so much deeper than just another monster movie that we cover. Yeah. It's so dark. There were parts of it as I was watching it, and then I rewatched it again today, because I was trying to pinpoint the exact moment that things started to really shift. Mm-hmm. Because when you're watching it through these flashbacks that they give us, and we will get into the characters because we always do, but I feel like we should talk about some of this stuff first before we dive into that. In this movie, the, the flashbacks really give us a chance to look into the previous relationship that Lizzie has with her mother, Kathy. Mm -hmm. And you can see that Lizzie has really become this caretaker of her mother And through the first flashback, we see that Kathy wants to take Lizzie to her play because Lizzie is in a play at school and Lizzie does not want her mother to be there. Yeah, she's like ashamed of who her mother is. And it's just she's like, I want this to be a good thing and a good time. And so I don't want you there. And I mean, that's going to be hard for anybody, but yeah, you see from, you know, you kind of see it from both sides in that moment. Yes, because I think that Kathy wants to be a good mother or wants to be there for her daughter, I guess. But Lizzie just does not want anyone there to embarrass her. This is a really special night for her. And it isn't necessarily the decision to go or not to go. It was the way that Kathy reacted to Lizzie and basically said, fuck you. I lost count of the time she was saying Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Then Lizzie starts returning it to her and then at the end says that she hates her mother. And then Kathy responds with, okay, you find your own ride. And you look at this and think, you're the adult in this situation. Mm-hmm. And you could respect your child's wishes or you could, there's something else you could do. Yelling profanities at your child. Yeah. And not talking to her in a way that's respectful and understanding that's not, it's just not okay. And I felt like that first glimpse made me really, really angry at Kathy. Yeah, it's it's rough. And the the way I I look at it is because Kathy does not treat Lizzie like her daughter. No. They, They fight and bicker and have a relationship almost like sisters. Yes. And the thing is, is because they could be age wise Mm -hmm. and it's not to make like a, you know, broad, you know, general statement on like teenage mothers and young mothers because it doesn't apply to everyone. Everybody's situation is different, Mm -hmm. but I, you know, it is, it is giving some kind of backstory to this character of Kathy that whatever situation she was in to end up with, you know, cause you can clearly see like, you know, she was very young when she had Lizzie and even through that situation, she still hasn't grown up and she's still a child. Yes. And, and so she's, 
I mean, I don't want to throw around terms like even around about fictional characters of like not fit to be a mother, but like mature wise, like she has proven pretty early on in the movie that she's not in the mentality and mindset to be a parent. You know, I agree. And I think the next flashback takes you to that point where you see Kathy sitting on the doorstep trying to talk herself into going to bed and not drinking. But she gives in and goes over to the trash and pulls a bottle out that still had some in it Mm -hmm. and drinks it. And then Lizzie wakes up, finds her mother is not in bed, but she's in the bathroom and she's been sick. She's lying on the floor and Lizzie just flushes the toilet and lays down with her mother and holds her. Which I cried. That hit me. I got some, I got a little teary eyed at that point. That was the first time that this movie like hit me where I was like, I, you know, it's, I'm, just, I'm trying to find these like words because it's, you know, Kathy's, <laughs> so Kathy's, difficult. yeah, Kathy's dealing. I mean, it is, she's, even at this young age, like she's at least understanding that she has a problem, that she's an alcoholic. Yes. And she is at least at that point in her life, she was trying to be sober. So, you know, I don't want to like just throw her under the bus of being like, you know, she's not fit because, because she gave up and she went back to it because that, you know, belittles the whole you know, process of addiction and alcoholism and how real of a monster that is to people. And so, yeah. So I don't blame her for struggling. And so that's why that part hit me more emotionally because I could understand like, okay, she's trying because it even makes sure to show like this little like calendar on the fridge where like they'd been like marking off the days that she was successful or unsuccessful, whichever it was. I couldn't tell either. She was doing really good (laughs) and had a bad time or she was doing real bad, but her Lizzie was still like, cheerleading her you know cheering her on anyway yeah and like believing in her to some degree and so even when she can't fight it and you see that she's like passed out on the floor and she's been throwing up and stuff poor lizzie i'm sure she's upset and disappointed but she's not angry she just cleans up like she always does Mm -hmm. and she still loves her mother in that moment and i think she always did she had some moments, I mean, mm-hmm. kind of going into the next flashback where she literally is holding a knife to her sleeping mother, like, and being like, I hate you. I hate you. Go away. Yes. And I don't think she means it. Maybe in that moment she feels she does, but there's, there's still a love and a bond there as strained as it is. I think that Lizzie at that point was exhausted mm-hmm. mentally and emotionally. I mean, she's a child. She's a little girl. But she's having to parent herself, but not only be her own parent, but she's having to parent her mother. Yes. She's the one having to set alarms and get up and clean up all the shit from the night before, all the beer bottles and the ashtrays Mm -hmm. and all this, and get her mother out of bed to do the things that they're supposed to do because her mom can't control her own schedule. Yeah, exactly. And the final flashback that we get was she's taken Roy's keys. Now, Roy is her mother's boyfriend. Mm Mm-hmm. And she has Roy's keys. And I wasn't sure, does she have Roy's keys so he can't leave or because she hates him? Like, I can't figure out why. What I got from that is that she knew that Roy and her mother were drunk and had been drinking. And they probably had quite the uh, (laughs) track record of driving while drunk to go out and get more booze. So I'm sure Lizzie at that point was just, I think that's why she was hiding the keys was she didn't want her mother going out because she's drunk. 
<laughs> and that's smart, but what, but a child should not have to do that. And that's, yeah. it broke my heart watching this poor girl. Because when we meet her at the very beginning, she is basically cleaning up the house so that, and waking her mother up so that they can go to her dad's because she's, her mother's going to drive her to her father's. Mm-hmm. And she wants to go to her father's. Like, we don't ever meet him in this movie. But Lizzie really wants to go to her dad's. Yeah. And I I think when I started the movie, I was so feeling so sorry for Lizzie and so angry at Kathy for being so selfish all the time. But then throughout the film, once they hit this particular point in the film... I felt like I started to understand Kathy a little bit more. And a lot of it is tied to having maybe having a child too young and not being mature enough to handle the responsibility. Yeah. And so with your child, you're growing up. And that's really, I can imagine, must be a very difficult situation to be in. And so I think we're at the point that we can start really talking about the characters. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> kind of a deeper level, yeah. Yeah, because we've given, you know, kind of this, I think giving in this case with this film, though we don't do it with all the films that we cover, I feel like in this case, we really had to dig into the beginning and mm-hmm. talk, get that, you know, kind of a circle approach of what the story is about, who the two people were as a mother-daughter. And yeah. now we can kind of break into things a little bit yeah, as we go. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Who do we start with? I mean, there's really only two characters. So <laughs> <laughs> There are. I mean, we have other characters, but the amount of time they spend on the screen is so small that you really can't. Yeah. There's not much to say. There are a few th- points I have on a couple of them, but it's not anything yeah. too long. So I feel like we just let's start with Kathy, just because I feel like she is the one that we see a lot of growth in throughout the movie mm-hmm. based on what we saw at the beginning. And she's played by Zoe Kazan. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, I believe that Elizabeth Moss had signed on to play this role, but yeah. she was unable to do it. So Zoe Kazan, another Canadian actress, was able to step in. And I think she did a good, I think she did a really good job. Yeah. And, you know, Kathy is like, as we've talked about, she's kind of this dysfunctional wreck of a person. She's an alcoholic and just really not, um, she doesn't have it together at all. No. And, but, um, like you mentioned, I think she, she wants to be a better mother. It's just that she's not willing to put in the work to do it. Yes. And, but, but you see those little moments kind of break through. And I think the ones that hit me kind of the hardest, I mean, first one is uh, when she gives her, when she gives Lizzie her mother's watch, you know, grandma's watch. And, you know, partially it's because, you know, oh, you're the one that's keeping track of time anyway. I don't even have any use for this, you know, because I don't know what time it is from one moment to another. You're the <laughs> one keeping yeah. everything to schedule together. But then also it's like, you know, I, I've, I wanted you to have this and this is something like an heirloom I wanted to pass to you. And I know that you've had enough of me. And after I drop you off at your dad's, you're not coming back to me. So this is the time to give it to you. That mm. that scene really hit me mm-hmm. because you could tell 
she's resigned herself to understanding her daughter does not want to be around her. And it's kind of the first step of her letting go of, you know, those feelings. I mean, she's got these feelings and it's really hard for her to articulate them other than to say, I'm giving you this watch. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not coming back. I know you're not coming back. Even though Lizzie said, I didn't say that. You know that Lizzie just wants to get out of there. Yeah, Kathy's like, you don't have to say it because you've shown that in the way that you look at me and the way that your relationship has gone. I know. And so at least she has, she's dialed in enough to her daughter to to know that. And then the other one that I have written down here that is a lot more subtle, but it actually did like make me have to like pause the movie and like, (laughs) so it did, it, it had, it made me take pause literally for a moment where I was like, Ooh, like, but it was like the smallest little thing is when they're standing there and it's like, it's about to start raining. And Lizzie says, you know, I hate thunder. And she goes back to the car and while Kathy's sitting there smoking, she just kind of mumbles to herself under her breath a little bit. She's like, I know you do. Like, you know, I've been paying attention. I know, you know, you are my child and I know the things that you love and hate and dislike and like, and the things that, you know, make you who you are. I'm paying that much attention at least, even if I don't show it. And like all of that's like subconsciously thrown in this like one little like mumbled line, but it was enough to really like hit me to be like, oof. Yeah. She is her mother. Mm-hmm. No matter how terrible of a job she does at it, she is, and she doesn't know who her daughter is. She does. And I think that Kathy, is a, she's complex to begin with. And I think that she may not want to give herself any credit for anything she does do right. And though we know why Lizzie doesn't like her and wants to be away from her, you can still see that Kathy is, while she may be dysfunctional, she still does care about her daughter. But at that point, I still felt like she was, that Lizzie was still the caretaker of her mother as well. Like yeah. it, it hadn't really transitioned to Kathy being the mother yeah, and not the sister. Yeah. <laughs> Those like these little <laughs> things, which are beautiful to see. I still think even if the whole thing with the monster and like death and horrible things <laughs> weren't a part of this story, I still would have to look at Kathy and say, you know, oh, that's sweet, but it's too little too late. And you've yeah. done your damage. <laughs> yeah. And she did a lot of damage. I mean, Lizzie has not had the greatest childhood as mm-hmm. as we can see based on everything that's happening. She still tries with her mother. But even in some of the most ridiculous things, when they do have the car crash, instead of taking the phone and calling 911, she has Lizzie call 911 Mm -hmm. instead of calling 911 herself. And I just am trying to figure out what mother would have their daughter call 911 after a car crash. I know. As you can see, like the panic on this little girl's face being like, where are we? Where is that? I don't know. If, if you're getting to the point where Kathy's having to be like, well, tell them this and this and this. Tell them your own damn tell self. <laughs> like, yes. <you> know? <laughs> yes. That's what I was screaming at the TV. It's like, why are you doing this? Oh, my goodness. But again, it was still showing. I'm the, you know, I'm your mother, but I'm not, but I'm not your mother. Like, I'm not parenting you. We're, we're mm-hmm. sisters on a, on a joyride or something. And yeah, I didn't. Hmm. There was also the point once Jesse shows up, which Jesse is this tow truck driver. Yeah. When Jesse comes in and instead of, you know, Jesse has taken the 
bags and put them in his truck because he's going to tow the car. And then Kathy decides that she wants Lizzie to call her father. And the phone is in the bags that are in Jesse's truck. And instead of going to get the phone herself, she says, Lizzie, go ask Jesse to get the phone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do you take any responsibility? That's not what <laughs> no. I just kept thinking. The only responsibility she's putting on herself is to make sure she sits there and chain smokes the whole night. Yep. That's about she it. She did that well. She did mm-hmm. real well with that. That was not a problem. She was. She gets an A plus on that part of it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we could you know, shit on Kathy all night. And it's one of those things, you know, like all the problems, but like, she does have her own redemption arc and she does Mm -hmm. become a better person by the end. And you start seeing it in like, in little ways. Um, I mean, of course she's, you know, after everything happens with Jesse being just mutilated and violently murdered and eaten and whatever, you know, where they're scared. And then, you know, cause you could, they, they could have easily, I probably even could have easily, just stayed there in the car waiting for the ambulance to show up at that point. But it's been so long and Kathy kind of puts it on herself. She's like, okay, it's time to actually be a freaking parent for once. And you stay here. I've got to come up with some kind of plan. It's like the door to the, to Jesse's truck is open. Mm-hmm. He had his keys. He was fumbling with them when he got taken. The keys are out there. The doors are, if I can get to the keys to the truck, we can get out of here. And it's the first brave and like useful things she has done this entire movie and she's finally just you know put actually putting you know some (laughs) effort (laughs) in you know (laughs) yeah i thought too the way she was comforting lizzie after jesse's arm just appears on the hood of the (laughs) car that was when i first started seeing her shift yeah but she didn't really really completely shift until she was given this dilemma of, should she stay in the car? They see Jesse outside trying to crawl to his truck. And Lizzie begs her mother not to get out of the car. And Kathy does, listens to her, and basically they watch Jesse die and get dragged off by the monster. And at that point, that is when Kathy admits that she was wrong about monsters and that they do exist, and she's really comforting Lizzie. They're kind of laying in the front seat and they're just talking. And that's when you really start to see, oh my goodness, she's admitted that monsters are real. She's comforting her daughter, comforting her daughter. And I felt like we were starting to see. And then, as you said, when she decided that she needed to go get the keys, it was this continuation of, oh my goodness, she's shifting she's getting brave and she's starting to think of her daughter first and that was i wasn't ready for that but yeah but she never really gets a chance to enact that plan anyway because i knew that little like dog toy was going to come back into play yes it did it starts singing its little song and of course it brings the monster back to know where they're at yep and yeah that was quite just a sequence of it just ripping her out through the window and the ambulance saving them. But then, yeah, I mean, there was just so much back to back to back in that moment of like, you know, her getting attacked and then the ambulance coming up and then it's scaring the monster away enough to get them in the ambulance. But then the monster comes back and takes out the paramedics. (laughs) And then 
Yeah. Kathy decides, well, now let's, well, we need to drive the, the ambulance way. And they start driving in the ambulance and then bam, here comes the monster again. <laughs> and I was wondering, I'm jumping the, you know, just ahead a little bit on like notes about the monster, but cause I noticed like with the arm dropping onto the hood and then like how fast it got to the ambulance. I was like, is this thing flying? Is it, it how it's getting a hub? Flying. And so, it flying. yeah, it was, it was a note that I had, but I couldn't really tell until jumping kind of to the end when Lizzie sets it on fire. That's when I could actually see that it did have wings like a bat. Yes. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. That's cleared a lot up. Cool. <laughs> like, I wondered that too. I'm like, how is it getting everywhere so fast? Mm-hmm. And then I wasn't even sure I saw wings. Yeah. So I'm glad that you did as well, so because that kind of like yeah. reinforces it. But that's what I saw as well. Yes, <laughs> it's like okay, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so you know, I'm jumping a lot more toward the end, but I mean, that's really all there is left to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Other than you know, we haven't talked about the wolf situation yet, which eh, there's a little bit to that. Mainly, the only notes I have was like, uh, no, fuck that. Um, I don't care how dead it looks. I'm not walking up to it in the middle of the road. I don't know what you people are doing. No, uh- <laughs> I agreed. I would not do that. That doesn't make sense. You know, it's just another rule. Don't go look at dead things. I yeah. mean. I don't care how dead you think it looks. It's a wild animal. <laughs> don't don't go near it. Yeah. Don't no, touch it. Don't, <laughs> definitely not. And And when you dig a claw out of it, then you go and get back in the car and you don't move. Because you, yeah. <laughs> you don't know where that claw came from. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it was almost as big as what I've seen from Jurassic Park with the Velociraptors. It's right. like, that is, no, no, there is no way that you are going to get me near that wolf. Mm-mm. I'm sorry it got hit, but oh my goodness. Yeah. There is no way. No but, way at all. Yeah. So I was just kind of jumping to the end with, I mean, the next thing we really get with Kathy is that she has turned that leaf enough to where now and it was really cool like the way they kind of did it quickly and showed that as she's sitting outside the ambulance with Lizzie still in there and it almost like her own like flashbacks of it like taking everything back like the horrible things that she's done in her position of a mother and like how she's you know denied Lizzie of like the, the you know raising that she deserves and the things that she needs and it kind of comes back to like she has this realization like this is the time for me to step up and yes it means I'm gonna die mm-hmm. but that's the ultimate sacrifice that she decides to you know <laughs> she's finally making the parental decision mm-hmm. which I don't know I, I can complain about that because if we've you know established that the monster hates light I don't know why you're gonna try to like lure it away with a light and then put your light out like I okay. did not understand that whatsoever. Then make the torch or just carry a flashlight and both of you go together somewhere. <laughs> like it's a, it's an ultimate sacrifice and I think it was very selfless and a beautiful action, but I don't think it was necessary at all. <laughs> I don't think so either. And I yeah, I question it. When she was outside, I mean she was basically she was throwing out blood, so she mm-hmm. had internal bleeding. Yeah. And maybe that's what it was, is she knew she wasn't going to be able to make the journey anyway. So give her I mean, could, daughter a better chance. I don't know. <laughs> but I did appreciate the conversation that she and Lizzie had where she tells Lizzie, you know, yes, we'll meet at the truck or she acted like she wasn't going to die. 
Like yeah. she wasn't dying. Well, initially she said she was, but then Lizzie was like, well, I'm going to go get help and bring them back. And she's like, yes, that's the plan. Let's do that. Whatever yep. she could tell her daughter to get her out of there. Like, yes. Giving her that false hope of just like, yep, sure. Go get help and mm-hmm. come back and save me. That sounds great. <laughs> like, But she did try to tell her the truth. Yeah. Like she did try to tell her, I'm not going to make it. It's okay. I want, you know, just, you need to run. When I tell you, you need to run. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that because that continued this arc of redemption for her. But again, like you said, I don't think that it was necessary. No. I feel like that, you know, they got that. She had that pipe that she wrapped in a towel and then set it on fire. I feel like between that and the flashlight, they might have been okay. Yeah. That should have given them enough protection. Because, I mean, we've seen several times now she shines the flashlight in the monster's face and it leaves. Yes. It hates light that much. so it's, It does. Seems like it, it should be a pretty given, like, okay, keep the light on you and get out of there. Absolutely. I did like how Lizzie, you know, she used her teddy dog, because it was a dog. Yeah. She used the singing to lure it Yeah, out. <laughs> it was like bait. <laughs> and she's got this antiseptic spray and a lighter, her mother's <laughs> lighter. And then she's just like... I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of you. And then she just lets it loose and the monster burns. Yeah. That's the most flammable monster I've seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I wondered if they were going to try to do something to make it burn, like throw a bottle of alcohol on it to get it, you know, covered in something. No, it did survive the burning, but then she beat it with a stick. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, okay. That's All right. Badass, Lizzie. You are <laughs> you are a badass, that is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned the dog, so I guess, you know, kind of going to to Lizzie, uh I think that like dog builds its own arc on her. As the first time we see it is, you know, she's listening to it because it soothes her and it gives her it kind of calms her down. And her mom has this kind of like, you know, you're you're too old for that. And it's what I have is that, you know, it's this semblance of a normal childhood that she mm-hmm. clings to. So even if she is too old for it and it's, you know, a little baby, you know, a little toddler kid thing, it's all she has of any kind of childhood left to hold on to because she's been forced to grow up so fast. Agreed. And so I think her using it as bait and like throwing it aside, that is that arc of her being like, accepting who she is now she has been forced to grow up and now she's gonna have to live with that and be do the best she can with that instead of holding on to what she didn't have and wasn't gonna have anyway agreed i wondered if maybe that was something that she had back in her early childhood when she when her parents were still together Mm -hmm. if they ever were completely together i feel like that did represent like you said it represents this piece of childhood where she felt safe and was ha- maybe happier and she held on to it and i know that when her mom is telling her that she's too old for it she actually says back i'm i'm too old for a lot of things oh, no, she, she tells her mom you're too old for a lot of things it's kind oh, of a you're dig too old for lo- it's a, oh, it's a yeah, dig okay, at, okay, yeah. okay. It's, it's a dig at kathy for the fact that she's still up all night partying and drinking and smoking and having Roy over and not doing, you know, and it's like, 
It's like, well, you're too old to be acting the way that you do, but you do anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> let me have this. <laughs> that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like the acting in this movie was really good. I yeah. feel like both Ella Ballantyne, who played Lizzie, and Zoe Kazan both really brought a lot to the roles. For me, the raw emotion and genuine performance that um, Ella Ballantyne brought to Lizzie really connected me to her character, and mm-hmm. it kept me invested in the movie. I thought Zoe Kazan did a wonderful job as well, but yeah. I was just so connected to Lizzie and wanting her to survive and to thrive. I just wanted her to get to her dad's. <laughs> I just wanted her to get there, and it just it was so hard to to watch it. Yeah, And I still feel like the monster is still like a metaphor for a bunch of different things in this film. Like, it's not just the monster attacking them. It was the different parts of their relationship and the different obstacles they were facing. The monster, you know, the monster is the alcohol. The monster is the abuse. The monster is so many things. And so in some cases, I think, you know, the monster might be a better title, even though I originally thought... Yeah, it's just, it's so hard because this movie, it's not one I'm going to watch again. I've already decided, Mm -hmm. you know, I revisited some of it today because I really wanted to dive in and understand a few pieces of it. But, you know, that's, I, yeah, I've done my watching of that. I'm not going to do anymore. Yeah, I've got a couple of little like notes, even though I'm kind of jumping to other notes outside of characters, but since you bring up, you know, kind of those like themes of the movie and what the monster is and stuff, which the jokey one I have here is like, well, that was just depressing. I said the real monster was the friends we made along the way. No, no, that's not. No, um, no, um, <laughs> no, it's not. No, um, <laughs> it's a great is, thought, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but I think it, it picks up with when the movie first picks up. The first thing we see is the this is children's nursery rhyme from 1903, author unknown. Oh, yes. That it just says they are hiding and watching. Just wait and see. Oh, there are monsters for you and for me. Which I was like, man, nursery rhymes were fucked up. That's a, is that really something you want to just tell kids? Like, yeah, <laughs> but like, there's a lot of those, even like, you know, cause her doggy sings, you know, ring around the rosy and that's black plague. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, there's a lot of nursery rhymes back in the day really were very disturbing and demented as you know, the way you would look at them now, but it was used as a way to show kids kind of the dark reality of the world that they're in, in a more lighthearted way. Mm -hmm. And so I think it does play into the theme of this movie a lot of having those nursery rhymes and stuff where it's, it's definitely not a lighthearted way what this monster is, but I think the experience that Lizzie has with this monster is showing her, that the reality of life that she is in, and it's a very depressing thing. That's why I was like, <laughs> there's yeah. not a happy ending to this movie, even if Lizzie survives. Because no. what this experience has taught Lizzie is life is a monster. And there's monsters there, and you're going to have to deal with this always. And so the stronger that you are as a person, and you can get through this, like you have to rely on yourself, and you have to be strong. Mm-hmm. Because there are monsters, and they are real, whether they look like venom with wings covered in oil (laughs) or if it's your mom's drinking problem like there are monsters (laughs) agreed Uh, yeah i think that you're 100 percent right with that yeah 
I think there's a lot that you can take from this film. A lot of little lessons in looking at things and metaphors. And it was just, yeah, it was a lot to take in. Considering I thought it was really going to be a mother and daughter breaking down on their way to drop her off at her dad's. I thought that there would be a monster and it was going to be creepy and... I got all of that. The problem is there was a lot more I did not bargain for. Yeah. Was not ready and didn't expect the, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I did not expect this emotional uh, feeling and stress it was going to put on me to watch. So it was definitely something that it's going to take me some time to get to, you know, I feel like it almost will take me more time to process than the time we had to get ready for this podcast because there are just so many emotions and thoughts that I'm having about it. And I just, yeah, I'm just not sure where Mm -hmm. to go with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm trying to think, is there really any other (laughs) notes that we have? There is one scene that is kind of a flashback was kind of the final flashback that we saw. It was near the end. Was yeah. Kathy's apology to Lizzie, telling her she would grow up to do whatever she wanted and be would be a better person than she was. Yeah. And that hit me so hard oh. because oh, I'm yeah. thinking, yep, Kathy has died and Lizzie at least is remembering something about her mom telling her something positive yeah i ended this movie in legit tears so i will give it that as much as like there's a lot of plot holes and i've i've appreciated the movie more talking about it Mm -hmm. but like it was definitely not a favorite of mine like i was like no it has a lot of flaws but i do have to give it its due for the fact that when it when the credits started rolling and there's tears on my cheeks. I was like, it did its job in that regard, and I will give it that credit. Yeah. <laughs> if its mission was to make Pake cry, it succeeded. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not the emotion that I expected to feel in this movie, though. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just, I'm okay with being scared, but sometimes there are things that are brutal that hit, like, they don't hit close to home, but they make you feel something yeah much deeper than fear it's just especially when it's unexpected it's just almost too much Mm -hmm. i had two other little notes one the monster to me seems secondary at points because of the other what we've talked about already with the metaphors for all the other obstacles that lizzie faced and two the monster and this is kind of a funny one monster gave me these killer croc vibes from like batman the animated series like if they painted him all black with some oil (laughs) that it was like killer croc i i just got that like his look reminded me of that and then at the end with the wings i'm like yeah not so much but for the most part yes that's what i was getting from the movie yeah the monster was was interesting i don't want to say it was like super great and super creepy because yeah. it was a little goofy looking, but I love that the fact that like you know I, when looking into this, there's no CGI in this movie whatsoever. The entire no. monster is all practical effects, and they did everything practically, and I appreciate yeah. that. And the one thing that I will give a lot of credit to was the super creepy and great effect the first time we see the monster. Oh my god! And 
So I had to point that out um, because I pointed out during when we recorded the ritual, when we talked about mm-hmm. the ritual. The Jotun, I remember. Yeah, and how much I just like loved that movie for the fact of that those special kind of lingering shots where the threat is in the frame, is in the shot the entire time, and you don't know it until it has moved. And when they use that to show the monster for the first time in this movie, I got a little giddy. Because <laughs> whenever, you know, she's sitting there looking at the wolf, and then you just see over her shoulder its head start yes. rising up. I was like, oh. oh, it was behind her the whole time. It was like, I loved that. And I'll give it that because that's what I loved about the ritual. So it made me think immediately about that movie. Where I was like, it was there the whole time, and you didn't know it until it moved. And I gushed about that when we talked about that movie so <laughs> i remember you, you know that it's it something that me. i love yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> i got jotun vibes yeah immediately during that scene i'm thinking oh, <laughs> i'm seeing it this time at least it's not like i'm watching it and not actually seeing the monster creep up i actually saw it that time and oh yeah. my god <laughs> Oh boy! So I'll give them credit on that one too. But yeah, other—I don't really have any other notes other than as far as other characters. I do have a little bit about Jesse, but it's not much because I was just like, "Hello, Jesse," and I'm going to go ahead and tell you goodbye now. Also, goodbye because now. you're probably not going to be hanging around for for very long. It's pretty obvious, <laughs> you know. And then I was like, "Yeah, no, you just got taken away." I was like, "He's gone." Oh wait, no, he's not gone. He's back. Oh wait. Cr- he's oh gone no, again. no, there he goes. Okay, yeah. No. <laughs> just to, we got to we got to bring him back for just a second so he can have a violent, terrible, agonizing death to traumatize Lizzie even more, and even then, more. Then we can get rid of him. <laughs> oh, he came to help, and you know, I felt like they didn't trust him to help them. They seemed really to me cautious. Like, uh-huh. well, here's your tow truck driver, but I don't know. I just yeah. got a weird vibe. Yeah. Again, I'll I'll give them credit for I did like it's a creative writing idea. The fact that they had to have the tow truck driver show up because yeah. it was a good way of getting rid of the phone because that's kind of this, you know, movie horror movies are harder and harder to do nowadays because with technology, people are like, okay, hit your alarm on your phone or your smartwatch or your this <laughs> or that, you know, like things like that yeah. are becoming a lot more prevalent. So you know, directors and writers of these kind of movies have to take that kind of stuff into account. So to yeah. have the tow truck driver show up and take their bags and put them in his truck because they're going to all get in the truck and tow the car, you know, if the ambulance didn't show up or whatever, like, so I'll carry your stuff. And then to have that stuff get locked inside the truck, I was like, okay, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. It was clever Good detail. Yeah. To do that. There was also one other point with the EMTs where they're in the truck one of the EMTs, the female um, EMT, comes back and gets into the truck. The male EMT is dropped onto the windshield. Mm-hmm. And at one point, she kicks the windshield out and then turns around. It's like Kathy is reaching for her, like she's got her hand out, because she wants to pull her into the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. But it's too little too late. Yeah. <laughs> what was her plan on there? It's like... I could see, okay, kick the, the front windshield out so that you can see and drive yeah. or get or get in the back and leave the barrier of the windshield between you and the monster. But don't do yeah. both and then no. get the worst of both ends of that. No, <laughs> that was not a smart plan. <laughs> I liken that to, you know, it was an intense situation. You couldn't think straight. 
Okay. <laughs> That's what it is. Cause oh my gosh, <laughs> I would not be kicking that windshield. I would honestly just have driven ahead, slammed on the brakes till the body flew off and then driven down the road. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Or, or figured out a way to just drive straight. I don't. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty much all the notes that I had. Yep. Same here. So I think that takes us into production notes. It does. And I don't have very many because there is not a lot of information out there about this movie. And a few of the items I've already brought up. So now there are even less. (laughs) So it was distributed in the U.S. by A24, which I know I've said previously, I'm not a big fan of their endeavors. At least a few of them, like Midsommar and Hereditary, two of my least favorite movies. So maybe it's you just don't like Ari Aster, because he directed both of those movies. That could be it. <laughs> that Oh my gosh, Peg, you may have been able to discover why I don't <laughs> like They share him. a director, not just a film production company, Ac- so there is that. All right, uh- <laughs> I'm down with that. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. Mm-hmm. Now I'll know to just stay away from his movies, because this one I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> didn't dislike so mm-hmm. that that's a good thing um so zoe kazan actually reached out to ella valentine's mother to get pictures of her as a child and baby photos because she wanted to get into the mindset of being her mother hmm. and when kazan replaced elizabeth moss in the lead role she said she was really captivated by the story of a mother struggling against her worst behaviors to protect her child and i thought that quote really summed up a lot of this story. Yeah. And we've already talked about that. The effects for this were done by Torpedo Pictures, and they've also worked on such wonderful shows as The Expanse, Lovecraft Country, Star Trek Discovery, and one of my personal favorites, Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Cool. Well, then time to get into some quotes, which I have... A couple, literally. A couple. I, have I have two, two. as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's see. What do you have? So I liked at the start of the movie, Lizzie has this little monologue. And I really liked it. I think more than just about anything else in the movie, I really like this monologue. Um, and she says, my mom tells me there's no such thing as monsters, but she is wrong. They are out there waiting for you, watching. They are in the dark, sometimes where you see them, sometimes where you don't. I know that now. It was cool that they bookended the movie with that monologue. It's the same thing, yeah. beginning and end. You know, I think it summed things up quite nicely. It still made me think I'm going down this road to watch a monster movie of this, you know, mom and girl getting, you know, broke down by the side of the road. But that is not what I saw. It was much, much bigger mm-hmm. than that. Um, my second one is when they're in the car. Kathy says to Lizzie, monsters are afraid of the light. That's why we have nightlights. And I just kind of thought, oh, I never really thought of that. But I had a nightlight as a kid. So mm-hmm. now I'm thinking, okay. Yeah. She she shifts into actual mother mode for a little bit, doing one of those like little cutesy things you say to kids to like connect two things that really yes. aren't connectable, but like it makes sense in a yes. kid's brain. And you're like, that's <laughs> why. Okay. Yes, you know? <laughs> exactly. So what did you have? All right. Now I'm mostly known for the funny quotes, but um, there were none. So <laughs> no, no um, funny quotes in this movie. So the first one I have is one that, is more just because it was just so kind of 
terrifying and menacing at the moment that it was even in just, you know, quick five words is Lizzie looking up and then going, mama, where'd the wolf go? Chills. Chills. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh. It's like, that that's not supposed to happen. Um, <laughs> that reminds me of the scene in Jurassic Park <laughs> when the goat disappears. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the goat. Oh, yeah, my gosh. So same thing. And then the other one I have on here just because, again, I cried a lot with this last part. But I had to write down the exact wording in the quotes because it was just powerful. And so, yeah, Lizzie's laying there or uh, Kathy's, you know, comes down and lays next to where Lizzie is under her little makeshift tent. And, you know, after they have their little back and forth of, I don't hate you. I don't hate you. Then it was that last thing that Kathy really said that hit me a lot, which she says, you are going to be so much better than me. So much better. You just wait and see. It's going to be amazing. You are going to get past me and you're going to be able to do whatever you want. But then what even broke me more than was Lizzie's response to that, which all she says is, I just want you. And oh my <laughs> <God>. <sighs> it was rough. <laughs> it just rips your heart out. Yeah. It rips your heart out. And the time they show us that flashback is, oh, it just makes you realize just how complicated this story was beyond the monster. There yeah. was just so much more in it. So I, I choose to create my own happy ending in my head that as we see at the end, Lizzie escapes that it's day monster is dead anyway but you know nothing's gonna bother her in the day <laughs> so she's gonna find a way to find somebody who that they can get her back to there they can, she can get her phone or get her to where her dad can find her take her to a hospital contact her dad dad gets her and then she lives a happy life from there i hope i'm so. just gonna go ahead <laughs> like i'm putting that in the universe there like I think there's going to be a lot of therapy involved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She'll have trauma for the rest <laughs> of her life that she'll never escape. But but, but she'll but, have like a loving family and she yes. will, you know, she'll have what good of her mom that she still ha- can have to hold on to. Like her mom said, she got past her and she's going to be able to move mm-hmm. on and be something better. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> oh, this film definitely hit me all like not what i was expecting yeah all right so then we get to do our ranking which this will be interesting to see how this goes especially Mm -hmm. when i let you go first because that's how this works (laughs) it it works because hake wants me to set the bar Mm -hmm. so he can decide if he wants to go above or below it yeah (laughs) you know if i graded this on the story alone of the mother and daughter I I would actually be thinking this doesn't fit in our genre at all. Yeah. So I have to shift back to the monster. I have to shift back to the other movies that we've covered about monsters. Mm -hmm. And I can't give this movie the score that I would give it if I was looking at it through a different lens. Mm -hmm. And so while I think this could be the movie that we disagree the most on... I am going to give it my lowest rating that I have given other than Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I'm going to give it a 6.8. Okay. Okay. You're kind of um, in the same ballpark, actually. So we do not disagree that much. Oh, Um, okay. All right. I feel better. (laughs) Yeah. It's the same reasoning is I was, 
you know, a 6.8, 6.9 is kind of was sticking on just looking at like, because the monster stuff mm-hmm. was as cool as some of it was, was very underwhelming. Yeah. And there's a lot of plot holes that we did talk about. We're like, well, if they would have just done this, so that, so what bumps it up to like a quote unquote passing grade, just barely for me is because the story hit me so hard. And like I said, the fact that it can make me cry, it did its job correctly that way. So that's where it gets into C territory. And I landed on a seven, just flat seven. But I yeah. feel better now. Yeah. We're not too far yeah, apart yeah. because <laughs> in the time we've been doing these mm-hmm. rankings and we've talked about how many times, Paik, have we said the rankings don't matter really? Mm-hmm. No, I'm surprised you went as low because mm-hmm. I didn't want to talk about it too much before we started recording because I wanted to get a lot of this stuff out on, you know, on recording where our listeners can hear us. But I was kind of going into this thinking like the way that you were kind of talking about things. I was like, oh, man, she liked this movie a lot more than I did because I didn't actually. <laughs> and so <laughs> the fact that we both kind of were able to like talk about all the stuff that was really good about it, appreciate what was put into it, but still like on the grand scale be like, but yeah. Eh, it was, you know, it did its job, but also like could have done a lot better in other, a lot of places. So yeah, some some of the movies and the monsters we've talked about are just way beyond this one. And I gave it a six point eight because the story, because I liked the story, but the monster piece of it did not live up to what yeah. I was expecting or hoping for. However. Mm-hmm. I didn't dislike the movie. I just will probably not ever watch it again because it's just, I mean, the story itself can be traumatizing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'll watch it again. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, And the monster, despite the fact that I gave it a 6.8, I don't want to meet this monster on a dark road. (laughs) I definitely don't. No. (laughs) Definitely don't want to. All right. It is time for some feedback this week. So let's see what we got. We have... One a little bit of feedback from Twitter, and then of course a classic voicemail from our good friend Steve. I always so look I'm forward excited. to that. <laughs> yes, I'm excited. We don't listen to it beforehand here, so I'm excited. You never know what you're going to get with a with a Steve voicemail, and I'm always a little excited. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, I think we make it a practice not to listen to it till we both listen to it at the same time together when we're recording, which is why the reaction is always fun and interesting. <laughs> All right. Who wants to take this one? I think I can take it. Our good friend Tony left us some feedback on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I posted it with the caption, have you guys seen the monster? If so, what did you think? And so this is what Tony said. Surprise, I have. Firstly, this movie was okay. The mother-daughter dynamic works great. I think Zoe Kazan is an incredible actress. The emotional tones are intense. The movie is scarier when you don't see the monster. I didn't think it was a scary monster. It looked bad. But there is a lot good here, and I would recommend it just to see these two actresses giving an amazing performance. Nice. Yeah, thanks, Tony. It's really good. I always <laughs> don't take this in any bad way or anything because I, I I love feedback so much from everybody. But yeah, with Tony, it's like she's I, I and I appreciate it. It's like you're very like willing to just be like, yeah, I like this movie or no, I didn't like this movie. And I appreciate that because it's good to just get like straight feedback on stuff. So I'm glad that you did enjoy this one, especially the acting and kind of the story 
the main emotional story there, which really I think was the point of this movie. So I think that's really oh, cool. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it too. I like that t- when Tony sends us feedback, she gives us the good, the bad, it doesn't matter. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. It's good to get her honest thoughts because not everyone is going to agree. And so the more feedback we get, it's cool to get all these interesting views on the movie we just covered. Yeah. All right. So with that, let's get some very honest feedback from Steve, I'm sure, as well. <laughs> He's another one that doesn't hold back. So. <laughs> Steve never holds back. Mm-hmm. He's always giving us whatever he thinks. Okay. So let's hear what Steve had to say this week about the movie The Monster. Hey, Pagan Daphne, this is Steve, and this is for um, this week's movie. I, I can't believe you guys chose this one, but it's it's interesting. You know, um, I haven't watched it in, in quite a long time, I, maybe not since it actually came out. You know, The Monster Squad was a great movie, and I just started it um, – with these kids and they're giving the other kid the monster test. I thought it was, thought it was really super cool. And the little girl is super cute. And, uh, but just, it's funny. Uh, they, they're talking about monster movies and he's, uh, he's talking about a monster movie called Groundhog Day that's got like 12 parts to it. And it's about some axe murderer or something like that who comes back from the dead. So again, I'm going to give you some more uh, stuff from this, but I can't believe you guys chose the monster squad. All right. Whoa. This guy really is a werewolf. And the dog puts his paw in. I love it. How's the dog get up here anyway? Scary German guy is bitching. Okay, so I this Frankenstein is nice. <laughs> <laughs> that kid just smacked that other kid in the head with the antenna of the walkie-talkie. <laughs> That's hilarious. Only in the late 80s could you have a, a character named Fat Kid. And that everybody just calls him Fat Kid. All right, I've had my fun. I'm going to finish watching Monster Squad and uh, uh, send this send this along. But uh, did you really think I'm going to watch a movie called The Monster about a mother and a daughter who are like stranded on a road and some creature is attacking them? Yeah, no, I'm out. But as I've always said, I love you guys and I love the podcast. So uh, I love giving you something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. oh, oh, I. Well, Steve, <laughs> I don't know quite what to say. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I know about Steve, and I never think about it until we get to this point. It's like, he doesn't do scary movies. No. He really, he's, that's not his thing. And so <laughs> he just took an interesting approach of like, <laughs> Well, I'm not going to watch that one, so I'll watch something different and tell you what I thought of it. Um. Yeah. Um, So for those of you who may not know what movie Steve was reviewing that wasn't 2016's The Monster, he was actually looking at a movie from 1987 called The Monster Squad. It's a really fun comedy horror film that in the 80s was... A lot of fun. I haven't seen it since then, but it's a real treasure, and I guess I'm going to have to go back and watch it now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen it. I don't know anything about it. So, I mean, hey, if it fits and we end up covering it sometime down the road here, I don't know, then, I mean, we already have feedback from Steve on it. I know, it's great. I mean, maybe we'll have to invite Steve to come on and talk about it with us. Ooh, that might be even better. 
I think so. <laughs> I think this is one that he really likes. And then we can replay that voicemail for him to remind him of that time. <laughs> yes. Um, I think we have a plan in place. Ooh, yes. We definitely have a plan in place. Sometimes, you know, we do put these plans together just while we're doing the podcast, while we're recording it. We just come mm-hmm. up with ideas for things that will, you know, work in the future. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I did say you never know what to expect, but that was way more on the side of unexpected, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <sighs> just wow. <laughs> Thank All you, right. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to hear what else is going on in our podcast universe around us, if you want to hear more Steve and his just delightful humor and <laughs> who he is. I love it. I love you, Steve. So if you want to hear more of him, of course, there's always panels to pixels where him and Mark cover all kinds of stuff that's adapted from comics to the screen, TV and movies. And of course, right now they are covering WandaVision on Disney Plus. And I think they've covered the first three episodes at this point. So which the fourth one just came out today. So <laughs> you guys are, yeah, yeah, yeah you're good. They'll, they'll get on it. Um, And then I think they're supposed to start covering Snowpiercer on TNT. Yes. Season two really yes. soon. I'm looking forward to that. I loved their coverage last year and I was yeah. lucky enough to get to guest on the podcast a couple of times to talk about mm-hmm. it because I'm not really into new series when they come out because I'm always afraid that's going to get canceled and I don't want to get invested but with Snowpiercer, I really gave it a chance, and I'm glad I did because season two just yeah. launched earlier this week. Yeah, and you know they've already been greenlit for season three before that premiere even happened. It's Love crazy. it. TNT Love is it. really putting a lot into that show, and they have a lot of faith in it, and I think it's incredible. So I think it's a good call. <laughs> you know what's even better? Sean Bean is mm-hmm. on it this season, and the cool yeah. thing about it is. Usually in TV shows, he doesn't make it past the first season. (laughs) So this year, wow. (laughs) They found the loophole. Put him in season two. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) Of course, on Strange Indeed, Rima and Ben still covering CBS All Access's The Stand, which has been really good, in my opinion. It is kind of divisive, I guess. It's kind of one of those shows, it seems, that you either love it or you hate it. I'm following on the love side. And so we've been in Rima. So if you are really enjoying that show, highly recommend going over to Strange Indeed, checking out their coverage there. I've been on two episodes so far and I've got one more to do with them. So that's been fun. And then if you listened last week to our episode with Jason on The Descent, and of course Jason and The Walking Dead cast and House Podcastica, his podcast, they're releasing the final two episodes of Cobra Cry Season 3 this week. And then on House Podcastica. And then... Walking Dead cast, I think, is taking like a week off because when The Walking Dead's not on, they do every two weeks episodes. So they've released Fight Club recently. And so the next one that they should be doing like next week or the week after, I got to make sure to know the exact schedule. Jason, let us know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but they will be covering The Queen's Gambit. So watch through that. I think it's just like a limited series. So I think just the one season, however many episodes. So yeah, I've heard really good things about it. Yes. Looking forward to hearing what they have to say, and I'm going to have to get on watching it because I haven't seen it yet. (laughs) Same here. It'll be a fun watch, though. I've heard a lot of good stuff, too. And then, of course, with what's coming up on podcasts, of course, we got to let them know, Daphne, what is coming up next here on Run for Your Lives. Well, 
Coming up next on Run For Your Lives, next week we are going to break down and discuss Crawl, the American disaster horror film directed by Alexander Aja and released on July 12th, 2019. A hurricane, alligators, and a very small crawl space. What could be better? Yeah, it's a fun one. It really is. I, it is. I really enjoyed that movie. So yeah, it'll be, it, it was good to talk about and hopefully you guys enjoy it as well. And if you do, you know, that'll be <laughs> next week. So if you have any you know thoughts, feedback, anything for that one, then definitely be sure to send those our way. And you can do that either through our Facebook page at facebook.com slash run for your lives podcast. You can email us or send us a voicemail at run for your lives podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at RFYL podcast or Instagram at run for your lives podcast. And if you're enjoying the show, please share the love, tell your friends, tell everybody, you know, if you have a movie that we've covered that you think somebody, you know, that somebody, you know, really likes, send them the episode, let them know, or send them to our website at run for your lives podcast.com where you and them can find links to all of our social media, all of our podcast players. So we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, YouTube, Stitcher, wherever. Everywhere. You go on Apple Podcasts. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Give us, you know, a rating, hopefully five stars, a review. Like a wrestling podcast that I listen to. Give us five stars like Dave Meltzer because it makes us feel too sweet. No. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to but throw that in there, didn't you? Had to throw it in there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually know what you mean when you say that. So I don't know if that's even stranger. Uh. <laughs> but with that, Pake, we have reached the end of our episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I am Daphne. And I'm Pake. And if you have to run from a crazed monster on a long, dark, and deserted highway, you'd better run for your lives. Bye-bye.